Welcome to our Pinini. This is Saratoga Beth. We are preparing for the Hamisha Asr Ba'av, the 15th of Av. It's a day of Geula. We could say like this, if you, it's 24 hours of Geula. Imagine, imagine the future. The whole Geula, Mashiach time. Take it, uh, shrink it down into a small amount. Put it into a salt shaker. Put it there. That salt shaker is activated only for 24 hours. The, the day of the 15th of Av, so that you have Geula shining in the world on in those 24 hours, and you really do because it's pulled into the, that day, shrunk down, inserted into it. But now that you have it in the salt shaker, in other words, if we're smart, we're going to pull the emanation of that day, squeeze it down even more, shrink it down even more, put it into a salt shaker. Get yourself a really nice salt shaker. It's not at the dollar store. Then, when the day is over, you've captured it in the salt shaker. Now, what's good about that? Then you can take that salt shaker and shake it, salt and pepper shaker, salt and pepper everything throughout the year. And we'll see in another sicha and another mimer, actually another mimer, I think it says that there's, I think, a vart in the Gemara that says from the 15th of Avon on, we increase in learning at night. And really the most delicious, tantalizing explanation for why, which makes you want to increase in learning at night, but that's for later in the week. But what we want to do is shrink down this energy that we're going to be having available to us on the 15th of Av and use it throughout the whole year. The spice. spice. Spice every... Every one of your foods that you're eating, anything that you're taking in. Last week we talked about the Google three glasses. Now we're going to talk about the salt shaker. So uh, we also learned, it, it, this is the member of Tufshin Mentes, 1989, for Tuba of, actually was said originally Tufshin Lamed Hay, which is 1975. So um, we actually learned that so to speak, there are two halves of the moon, the upper half and the lower half. Whether that's physical and spiritual, I'm not sure. Probably a spiritual concept. But here we're learning that the revelation that was at the time of the Beis Amigash, in, in and of itself, um, it actually, that revelation only happened at the time of the Beis Amigash. This wasn't any time, anywhere, all times, all sizes. This was an amazing revelation limited to those 410 years, first base of 420 years for the second base of Midrash. That's it. Only the time of the base of Midrash. It's a particular, unique kind of revelation. And we learn in the Mimer that the Mimer that the difference between the time of the base of Midrash and Gullus is like the difference between the top half of the moon and the lower half of the moon, the bottom half of the moon. Upper half of the moon and lower half of the moon. The, the revelation that was at the time of the base amygdash, when it was shining in it of itself, it was a limit. It was a limited kind of light. Light. It, what was the limitation? It was only shining. It only shone at the time of the base amygdash, not before and not after. It's connected to. The, ref- the shining of the moon from its upper half. 
their shining of the moon from its lower half, which is connected to Gullus, whatever that means. I'm not going to pretend to say that I know what it means. But shining from its upper half and illuminating the world with the base amygdash and the light of the base amygdash, what is that? It was what what kind of light was it? Time of the base amygdash, a level of malchus that receives from Zoth. The limitation of the light in the time of the base amygdash and the moon was that that light was from a level of malchus that receives from Zoth. What is Zoth? Chesed for Teferis Nezachoyd The masculine aspect. Zah is considered the masculine energy. Malchus is considered the feminine energy. We're talking about a wedding here, a shidduch, the union of masculine and feminine. The base amygdash was shining a light that was shining, that was illuminating from this level of malchus that received from Zah. Imagine a certain kind of uh, feminine energy that receives from a certain kind of a masculine energy. I mean, to put it in very everyday terms, you know, sometimes you'll see a woman with her, her husband, you'll say, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, a certain style of marriage that whatever it is, you know, there are many styles of marriage. Let's say there's one style of marriage where she's very quiet and she's, whatever my husband says, that <laughs> I don't want to be cynical. Whatever my husband says, that's what I go by. Beautiful. So the energy there is he's the boss and she does whatever he tells it. That's one type of marriage. There's another type of marriage, which is more common today, um, which is uh, she's a little kind of opinionated and uh, he kind of falls asleep when she talks, <laughs> etc. There are many different styles of marriage. And then there's a style of marriage where she enables his wisdom to flow and he and, and she she's very subtle about it so he doesn't realize that it's coming from her nobody realizes it's coming from her somebody a very special rabbi once said that uh he knows a certain rabbi he said i'm telling you he's not a very uh brilliant man and he said if i'm telling you he's not brilliant i really mean he's not brilliant and he said somehow his wife manages, he really is not too on the ball. And and nobody realizes it. People come to him for advice. His grandchildren say, oh, our baby, wow, he's so wise. And really, his wife always, when people come for advice, his wife always manages to be somewhere in the vicinity, and she'll throw in a couple of comments, and then he'll say, yeah, I think you should do this. And people say, thank you, Rabbi. That was, wow, what wisdom. <laughs> It's a certain dynamic of the female-male energy that's unique. It's not so common in this today. It's really, it is the paradigm for Geula. It is the way it's supposed to be. It just takes some working at and fine-tuning. So actually, we are in a time now where the feminine energy is supposed to receive from the masculine energy in a very skillful, incredibly skillful way. So the time of the base amygdala, Malchus, the feminine energy, 
and the feminine leadership energy is receiving from the masculine energy, that is the top half of the moon. That's a limited light. It's a very deep spiritual light. It's very intense spiritual light. The top half of the moon is shining, and it's shining on the leadership energy, on the feminine leadership energy. But it is limited. It's only the top half of the moon that's shining. The bottom half isn't. So we're saying that at the time of the base of Middash, there is a limitation. What is this? What's the limitation? Top half of the moon is shining, not the bottom. That's the limitation. Not only that, in practical terms, the world is luminous at the time of the base of Middash, but it's not going to last forever. As soon as Gullah starts, it, that kind of light leaves. That's its limitation. So the light that's added in the base of Middash that we do, there's the light of the base of Middash that it comes, it's factory installed. Base Amigdash has a certain light. Factory installed. Then there's the light of the Base Amigdash that we add to it. That one's not factory installed. And it comes from the Avaita of Karbanas and the Avaita of the Asulimikdash. This is an unlimited light. It never ends. It's something that we are constantly doing. It creates a light through our addition that never, never comes to an end. And it even happens at the time of Gullus. But because of the descent into Gullus and the darkness, you don't feel it. We're talking about an incredible light that is in Gullus from the time of the base of Migdash. That's unbelievable. And it's forever. It's forever light, which another time I'll speak about, and I often have, the idea of how come when we're in a negative dark space, we always we usually feel like this is never going to end. When we're in a good space, we we don't feel like, oh, I'm sure it'll last forever. But when we're in a dark space, God forbid, we, we seem to all feel it's never going to end. How could you have such an eternal feeling in darkness? Huh, so here we have a hint to it. There's this very dark light of gullet. It's actually extremely luminous, but it's so concealed that you don't realize it's light. You think it's darkness. And that's a forever light. I want to remember this. Page Reishman, hey. The source is, I always had this theory. I always believed that there has to be a source for it. Well, I just found it. Thank God. So, page Reish Memhei, say from my marma, look at Gimel. Okay. So, you're talking about a forever after light in the world. It's not visible as light. It's there at the time of Gullah. Here we go. We have it. It has no limitations. Okay. So, the Mimer says, that that um, there's another explanation of Zaihar, Zaihar, the Melech Lusada Nevad, about kingship in the, uh, being lost or in, in the field, the king lost in the field or brought to the field, the field being Gan Eden, leadership, kingship in Gan Eden. Shehu Legri Usa. I think that means, that's actually... Negative, positive. What is sada? What is a field? In the negative sense. A field is, it means Ganadin. As opposed to earth, the land, that means the world. The land refers to Eric, land refers to the world. Sada, field, refers to Ganadin. That's in the positive. And what about in the negative? Sada, field, of, of opposite of holiness, the Sadimata. We know a guy who used to hang out in the field in the Sada. 
Asa. Well, good morning. This is what we're dealing with in world politics today, aren't we? Which party do you want to vote for? We have there a guy, used to be redhead, Ace of, Ace of, and he's showing us the miracle of the fact that Ace of has been transformed. And Ace of wants to help the Jewish people. This is not just an individual. This is the energy of Ace of throughout the generations, ever since his conception with his twin brother Yaakov. So, and Asa would hang out in the field. He's a man of the field. He's very lusty. He's very, you know, it's interesting, right? Asa is very lusty, very kind of grub, not very refined. You know, you know, I, I miss all those parts of the early American politics. I miss all that. I have no interest in it. But I heard that kind of fieldish, fieldish, you know, fieldish. So Asaph is the one who hangs out in the field. So what does it mean, Umelech Lasadenevad? So the king is lost, is, 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 is there in the field. Means that Malchus of Kedusha is, it gets lost into the field of unholiness. Yeah, it does. And it gets all mixed up. Isn't that interesting? This is American politics today. That the Malchus of holiness, what is Malchus of Holiness? Hashem Echad Echad. Hashem Echad Echad. Our job is to get the entire world to recognize Malchus of Kedusha, the leadership of Hashem in the entire world. So this Malchus of Kedusha, it falls into the hands of the fields of Loma's death. Yes, our president is standing up for the truth of Hashem Echad Echad. This is that this is that line in the mimer. It's happening in the mimer, and it's happening in the world. When the news comes on and they say, "How is it possible that houses of worship in certain states have been closed down, but casinos are open in the same state?" How is it possible that houses of worship are closed down? And limited, limited to only 50 people, but casinos and discotheques and all of that are allowed to have probably unlimited people crowded in. And yet, Asa of the field, the president of America, of the United States, he says, what kind of a country is this that, that, that opens up casinos and favors casinos over places of worship? How can we go anywhere? and affect a world in a country that is favoring casinos over houses of worship. Who's saying this? Asaph. What does this mean? That the malchus of holiness has been transferred into the field. Very simple terms. Our president is saying the message of Taira, at least in certain things. The message of malchus of Kedusha. Hashem and this that it says, Melech Lassad and Nevad, that the king is, king and kingship is lost to the field, it comes after this explanation of Melech Lassad and Nevad in a positive way. Because we're saying, oy vavoy. Why does the president have to say this? Why aren't we saying this? Why is Asaph saying this? Why is Asaph fighting for this? 
And why is Yaakov Avinu not fighting for this? So that, in a way, is the exemplification of the kingship of Hashem, holy kingship, falls into the hands of the field. Now, that can be negative. That can also be positive. So here we're saying the same political thing is negative and it's positive. The negative is, nebuch, nebuch, why aren't we doing our job? They have to say it for us. That's one thing. And the, uh, on the other hand, wow, Esav and, and Yaakov have, Yaakov has done his job so well that Esav is ready to say his message. So, um, because there's the Indian of Melech Asad and Nevad, if it's in the negative, why? It's so that it should happen, it should happen in the positive. Which means what? Bringing down, excuse me, Melech Ilah, Keter, Crown. We want to draw, draw down through this the energy of Melech Ilah, supernal kingship. What does a supernal king wear? A supernal crown. And we want it in the highest way. And the advantage that comes down through this crown, when the crown is pulled down into the world, and you see the crown of, of the king, of Hashem, brought down into American politics, is that bad or good? It's good. The U.S. president is standing up for the preservation of the, the crown of Hashem. And yet, it comes through a negative way. It's relative to the way it was beforehand. We, when we lived in Eretz Israel, there was no America. There were no Democrats and Republicans. There was no American politics. There wasn't all this stuff. It was pure Kedusha. Who had, nobody had to vote for the U.S. president when we lived at the time of the base of Mavish. This is a tremendous descent for us. We live in Gullus. It is Gullus. Etc. All of that. It's a tremendous descent. And yet, it's teasing out of the world the incredible ascent. And what happens after the descent, meaning descent, here we are in Gullus, we have elections coming up, and the fight is intense, and the fight of truth over falsehood is, oh my goodness. But, Relative to what was before this descent, the kind of light that was filling the world before we were thrown into Gullus is within Seder Hishtalshlis. It was an incredible light, but it had its limitations. It was within Seder Hishtalshlis. Rezal say, Allah Aryeh b'mazal Aryeh, the Hechwi v'zariel, Hual Menashe Yaba Aryeh, the Mazel Aryeh, the That means Aryeh, the lion, with the Mazel of the lion, came along. I guess Rome, the Mazel of, of Aryeh, he had a certain Mazel. Otherwise, he could not have destroyed the Beis Hamikdash. Beis Hamikdash was called Ariel. It was also like a lion. The lion came and had a certain Mazel from above. The lion, the enemy, Rome, and he destroyed. The, the lion, the base of Megdish. The Kaidish, the Kaidish building looks like a lion. Why did he do it? Why did Hashem send him to do it? 
so that Aryeh would come with the mazel of Aryeh and rebuild and build Ariel. The lion would come with the mazel of the lion and build Ariel, the base of Medish. And what does that mean, Yava Aryeh? Aryeh will come. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Aryeh Sha'ag Who's going to come and build this base of Migdash? There will be, it's not so much who. What kind of energy will come along and build this base of Migdash and be expressed in people? It's a revelation of the crown above Ishtalshua. A crown will come along, the crown energy. The crown that goes on the head of the king. And that crown is a crown from above Seder Ishtalshus, above the nature of the world. And it will be able to do anything, including rebuilding the base of Middash, the, the real one, the one that lasts forever. And from this, in order that Aryeh should be able to come, in order that we should be able to have a revelation of this crown above Ishtalshus, there, there was a condition. You can't just have this crown above Seder Ishtalshus above the nature of the world, just come and just fly into the world. It doesn't happen so easily. Then what? You needed certain certain conditions. You needed Allah Aryeh. Hechriv Ariel. You needed actually Aryeh. You needed the enemy. And you needed the lion to come along and destroy the base of Middash. You needed it. Somehow one needed to be cleared out. And this combat between the lions and all the lion energy, it had to be worked through. The union of Melech Lusad and Nebad, this that the that kingship is, falls into the field in a, in a positive way, that was before too. But the Hamshach of Kesef and the crown of the supernal king, that was also beforehand. It's not the first time you had the crown of the supernal king. But relative to what would come after the base of Migdash was destroyed, the crown that we had that was brought into the world before the base of Migdash was destroyed was, um, so to speak, with as if it was within Seder Ishtalshlos. The junior version versus the, the senior version, the real thing. It was like the practice one, the small potatoes, the small crown, so to speak. The one that, not really small, but the crown of kingship that was in the world before the base of Migdash was destroyed was considered as if it's within the realm of nature. Still pretty limited. The one that's brought out through Gullus, now this is the real one, the unlimited one, above the level of nature. So, by the way, when you have a relationship with that crown, that king, and that crown, and you helps put the crown on the king's head in Gullus, and that's a crown that comes from outside of the, the laws of nature, well, do the math. What is it? Algebra? Algebra. A equals B, B equals C, so A equals C. If you're putting the crown on the king's head, and that crown is from outside of higher than the laws of nature. And you're assisting, you're putting the crown on the king's head. You get access to higher than the rules of nature in your everyday life if you know how to pull it down. Or 
let's say it like this, when you are building the third base of Migdash, all the tools available are from higher than the rules of nature. So as long as you devote your life to building the third base of Migdash and every act that you're doing is an act of another piece of the base of Migdash, it's perfectly ethical and correct and mandated that you use the tools from that energy higher than the laws of nature. It's not egotistical. It's what you're supposed to do. So we know that it says, in actually in Tefer Mararim, Tafer Samach Aleph, it says, the Yavite of Tzadikim, including what they bring down through their service, is called Or Yasha, straight light, so to speak, from above to below. The revelation that shines in the world through the Yavite of Tzadikim is mostly coming from above. So what are you going to do if you want the lower world to be purified? It's coming from above. It just whitewashes everything. But then if the light from above recedes, then everything looks grungy down here again. We also need to clean the lower world on its level. That's done through the Avaita of Tshuva. That's the one that we do. So now we know that drawing down the crown of the supernal king that happened before we went into Gaulus, relative to um, so drawing down um, the, the supernal crown before Gaulus, Imagine those days before Gullus. We were doing things that were drawing down that were drawing down the supernal crown. But relative to the way we were drawing down the supernal crown at once we once the base of Magdish was gone, you're talking about two totally different realities. The first one seems very much within the box, inside of the box, inside of Seder Hishdashva, inside of nature. Because the true union of above nature, above Seder Hishdashva, is when there's no difference between upper and lower, spiritual, physical, higher and lower. Imagine that reality, no difference between upper and lower. That one you couldn't have before the base of Migdash was destroyed. You had incredible revelations, but you couldn't have, yeah, it's all the same. You couldn't have that. That comes from a really high place, that everything is the same. And because the Avaita at the time of the base of Migdash, in general, was the Avaita of Tzadikim, and what was brought down through this Avaita, it came mostly from above. You could say that after, um, once, whatever they did at the time of the base of Migdash, you always felt that there's a difference between upper and lower, higher and, higher and lower, spiritual and not spiritual, more lofty and less lofty. You always felt that there were two gradations. I mean, it was fine, but you could always feel that they're kind of two great gradations, upper and lower. So that's called, if you want to define it, relatively speaking, within Seder Hishtalfi, within, inside the box. But the truth is that that Hishtalfi that we were drawing down then, um, the level of Hishtalfi itself, when we're talking about Hishtalfi, the Avait of Tar, even when we're within the laws of nature, when we're doing the mitzvah, we're out of the box. Let's say that when we're dealing with, we're bringing down lofty light, time of the base of Migdash, 
it's still within Seder Hishtalshalus, except when we're doing mitzvahs, we're kind of always drawing down infinite light. So let's remember that statement. Whatever is going on, whatever era in history we're in, before the base of Middash, after the base of Middash, in, in Gullus, before Gullus, whatever time you're in, when you're doing a mitzvah, you're drawing down a light that's called Vliegvu. That's across the board. Vliegvu means all places, all times, equal. It's all equal. Well, that's really good if, <laughs> I mean, to be very practical, if, um, you know, I go to, I go to a very expensive store and I see a, a bracelet that I want to buy for someone and the bracelet is $5,000 and I actually only have $500. <laughs> And I really want to buy her this bracelet. So you can't, you know, within the laws of the world, I, they just, they'll say, I'm really sorry. You know, they they won't sell it to me. That's within the world of gvul, of limitation. In the world of bli gvul, there is a light through Tarin Mitzvah in which 500, 5,000 is all the same. It's just a one, one wild card. Now, how you would bring that down practically into everyday life, I don't know. There are people who live that way. They say, Hashem, I only have $500. Could you just please turn it into $5,000? And they really have very miraculous lives. I, I'm not going to claim that I'm one of those people, but I've definitely seen it done. But they really tune into that level at which they so align themselves with the third base of Nidish and and uh and the Avaita of building it and the Avaita of Tyron Mitzvah at that moment, that somehow the $5,000 comes to them. You know, it will come in the form of, you know, everybody knows these stories. It's, you know, let's say there's a husband and he really wants to get his wife this um, this bracelet. And, and, and he's really sad. You know, he really feels like, he you know, she deserves it and he wants to get it for her. And he doesn't know what to do. And then um, he's checking... He's just checking his bank account, you know, to make sure. Yeah, there's really only. And as he checks it, all of a sudden it goes ding. Um, and uh, he wonders what that ding is. And it says, um, oh, yes, you have just received stimulus money <laughs> from the U.S. government for COVID-19. And whatever he received, $10,000 or let's say exactly $5,000 or 4500 because he has the other 500 at that moment, and there's the money. This happens all the time. That's the truth. This happens all the time to those people who do it well. Because they're tuning into that avida of in, I'm in that base and make this energy. And there's the $5,000 that he wasn't expecting. And he buys it on the spot at the moment that he needs it. So we all know these people. I, I, I bench them. And uh, I'd like to become one of them that can live in that space. Um, and therefore, the light that comes down in the base of Megiddo through the Avaida is at the time of Gullus also, what I just said in the story. But even though, even so, Zesha or Hubachom when the light is in every place, why is this light equal in all places? You know, the money will be available. 
how we're talking about a, a light that's available equal in all places. This miraculous light that's available in all places. That's why it, it, you know you you ask for it, you can get it. That light is or ain't safe. But the world is not always ready for that kind of light. And we in our personal lives are often not ready for that kind of light. So the world has to feel some kind of connection to it. In other words, it's a special light. This is not a magic trick. Like you just do this magic trick and you have an app on your phone and it gives you what you need. We're not a law of attraction. Yeah, you line yourself up with it. No, 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 no. We're not talking about the law of attraction. That's some tool in the world. We're talking about a very holy avida being completely in sync and in one space with the third base of English and all of life is, life is at that moment fully building third base of English, fully in the third base of English, fully in the, in the base, base, third base of English. It's only so, it's only mitzvahs. It's only that energy. So, you need to you need to be in a world and have a personal world that's really uh, aligned with that kind of light. Otherwise, it just becomes a trick, you know, a little magic trick, a law of attraction. And we're not here to do magic tricks. So at the time of Gullus, there is a descent in the world, but... And and that's why, because there's such a descent in the world at the time of Gullus, you just don't feel that light. Except if, for moments, you jump out of Gullus and you jump into Geula. Now, good news, folks. The 15th of Av is such a moment for everybody. You can either be that kind of person all the time, which is not simple to be, or you can be a regular Joe or Melissa like the rest of us, but there will be certain days that will come along when it's just that kind of a day. The energy of that day is, you know, freebies. It's the energy of the third base of English. When is that? 15th of Av. Oh, very good news. It's actually coming up in another day or so. 24 hours of being in the third base of English energy, et cetera, et cetera. Time to buy the bracelet. Or, or aim for higher. And so through the Avaita that, that we do when we're in Gullus, when we're in the darkness, which is in general the Avaita of Tshuva, what we're drawing down, we're drawing down light from a place when, where there's no difference between upper and lower. Yes and no. Higher and lower. That's the true understanding of above Seder Hishtalshalus. Above nature. And when you draw this down, it creates a purification in the world down here. And so, what we want to understand even more deeply, um, as it says somewhere else in, um, say, from my Maluk at Chelek Alice, the revelation that comes into the world through Sadiqim, what was the reason for the creation of the world? The world was created, the world was created for tzaddikim. When tzaddikim are doing their work in the world, this world was created for tzaddikim. Through their avaida, this world was created so that in a certain way, with the 
app available, downloadable app, that through which, so to speak, through which Sadiqim would bring an extra light, a much more lofty light, into the world through the through the, their service. So the world is created, you know, a with the with the possibility or the demand that Sadiqim bring the A plus light. The you know a the world is a and the plus is added by the tzaddikim, and it makes the world into an a plus world. I'm just giving it you know those those random letters. Where do we see it? Hashem came to the tzaddikim, the neshamas of tzaddikim, and said, "I'm really please. I'm paraphrasing. Hey guys, I didn't say hey guys. You think we should create a world?" And the neshamas of tzaddikim said, "What does it involve?" Probably, I assume, I, I would assume, this is probably for a second, understanding what it involved. The world is not a simple place. And they said, yeah, let's go for it. They did not use those words. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, let's go for it. Shem consulted with the Nishamas of Sadiqim and they said, yes, you know what, let's make a world. So therefore, now being in the world that they agreed to and co-created, the revelation that comes into the world through the Avaid of Sadiqim, um, and the revelation even that's above Hishtalshlis, including this, that through the Avaid of Tarim Mitzvahs, they bring down a new light. It's not a real Siddish. Okay, I have to take that apart. We're saying, they agreed to create a world. They agreed, to, they agreed that, that with Hashem, yes, Hashem create the world. With God, yes, God create the world. They even that. That makes them co-creators in creation. And so there's a revelation that comes down when they serve God. It's a very high revelation. They're the co-creators. Hey, you guys uh, agreed to the closing, so, you know, get to work. So they bring down a certain level of light. They do a certain type of service, which is very lofty. And they even do a, a service and bring down a revelation that's above Hishtalshlis, above nature. And and there's another Avaita when mitzvahs are done. There's a new light that never shone in the world, even before the symptom. But all of this is not a true chiddush. All of this is not a true novelty. Probably because, well, we'll see why. It's not, it's not the definition of true, true novelty. We'll see in a minute why. However, when we do tshuva, we're talking about tzaddikim. They co-created, they agreed to creation, they do it. They, they obviously signed on the dotted line when they agreed, yes, God, please create the world. They, they did sign up and say, we will do our part. We will draw down a certain light. We will do our job. We will be faithful to what we agree to. Obviously. And they do. So that's not a real chiddush. What do you mean? In a way we can see it. It's not a real novelty because well, I ask you, hey, uh, you know, you want to invest in this stock with me. And you invest in the stock and you do all the work and all the research and you find the money and you put it in and then we make some money. And, you know, what's the wow? You know, wow, you're so amazing. What am I so amazing? You ask me if I want to invest. I invest. It's, where's the amazing part? This is not a true, 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 true novelty. We all, we signed up, we agreed. It's not a novelty. It's not like, wow, unbelievable. Where did this come from? What do you mean, where did it come from? 
You asked us if we should have a world. We said, yes, we'll do it, and we'll do our job, and we'll bring down this light. Where's the novelty? Follow the rules. They're doing an amazing job. We're following the, they're following the rules. A tshuva? The Avaita of tshuva? When a person messes up, and he goes off the derech, and he goes against the purpose of the creation of man that was... Um, that God created man straight, and a person goes off that path, God forbid, and then he fixes it through tshuva, that creates a chiddush. That creates a novelty, even relative to the purpose of creation that was worked out with the tzaddikim. That's a real novelty. Those, the, the non-tzaddikim were not asked, hey, you guys, you know, what do you think? Should we make a world? So to speak, in theory, they were not consulted with. Only the neshamas of tzaddikim. So the non the people, while in the moments when they have gone off the derech, they're not tzaddikim. They are not the people who signed on the contract. They're the people who didn't even sign the contract. Maybe in those moments. Maybe they were once tzaddikim. But the people off the path, they didn't sign the, sign the contract. Yeah, yeah, let's have a world. We promise we'll do it right. We're not doing it right. We're not the people on the contract. So when we then turn it all around and fix what we messed up and serve God in a straight way, this creates a novelty that's unbelievable. It's a novelty that wasn't written into the contract. The contract didn't say, and if you mess up, you promise to do tshuva. No, it wasn't one of the clauses in the contract. If it were, then it wouldn't be a novelty. It's in the contract. This is a piece of energy that's not in the contract. That's called a novelty. And this, that we have the ability to create a novelty, a chiddush. How come? How did you mean... He, she, they, we have the ability to create a novelty in creation and Seder spouses, above Seder spouses, in godly realities and supernal and in supernal realms. And how do we create a novelty of Hiddish? Ah, because our neshamas come from Atma, in the very essence of God, the very essence of all things. That's higher than the energy from which they find the contract. higher than the contract. And even though crowning God king is higher than all the revelations, but um, the the crowning God king has to do with revelations. Um, crowning God king is still like kind of a fancy show. You know, it's still like, wow, they're crowning the king. It's always very exciting. It's always a gili, a revelation. Wow. It's a wow. It's not a simple, quiet energy. It's, it's a gili. It's a revelation of godly light. It's crowning the king. We come from a place higher than the show. It's a show. It's a holy show. It's a show. We come from a place that's higher than the show. It's called Atma, the essence of God. It's a very quiet place. There are no shows that go on there. 
There are no wows. There are no woo balloons and all that stuff. Nothing. It's a very quiet place. It's the place of real, the real, 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 real thing. We come from that place. And it's a place of unlimited energy. Which explains why we can do unlimited things if we can align ourselves with believing that and align ourselves with the energy of the third base of Mavis. So the completion of the world will be in the future. It will be a completion um, higher than there was even when the world was created. Which was called told us told us The world was created. The there was a sort the the birth of the heavens and the earth, and it, they were created whole, etc. So the wholeness of the world as it was created is one thing. The wholeness of the world that we're going to create in the time of the third base of is way higher than that. And there's a wholeness of the world that came from the the master plan but it's still limited the master plan and the whole purpose of creation still had a limitation you know you have to do it right (laughs) there's a master plan you're going to do it in a straight way that's the master that's its limitation what we will accomplish and what we can accomplish today when we stand in that space of third base and migdash it's way higher than all of that the wholeness of the world in the future will be the wholeness of tshuva. The revelation of the future will be mostly the revelation of tshuva, higher than limitation. Ava told us Paris. The Indian of Paris is from the word paratsa lecha Paris. Ufaratsa, break through all limitations, all boundaries. Wild energy. Well, we already had wild energy. Interesting. We keep saying the world was quiet this year. Stuff shouldn't pay, 2020, world is quiet for 11 weeks, nice, quiet, quarantine, and then we received the Aserah Debris, Shavuos came, boom, on the dot, the world went into chaos, wild, wild energy. Well, here we have a puppet that's referring to wild energy. Paris, Paris, Paris. You broke through all the limitations. It's just like wild, uparasa, like break through all the boundaries, you know, first through the fences, just Break through the, the barrier. That's the energy. That's the energy of the future. Isn't that interesting? That right after we received the Tyra this, this year on Shavuos, you got this boom! Everybody broke out of their homes. Like Everybody burst out of the doors of their homes where they had been sitting quietly for 11 weeks, and they burst out into the streets and went wild. Interesting, right? We're not going to say it's Kedusha, but we're seeing that it's mimicking the Kedusha of the future, of the bursting through Ufarasta. Ufarasta Yama became the son of our neighbor. It means it bursts through all the limitations, including the limitation that comes from the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation is still slightly limited. You know, you're there to serve God, do it right. That purpose of creation that comes from the level of crowning God king Still limited relative to the future when it will be bursting through all of the limitations. Wild energy, but holy, holy, pure, clean. And it will create Shemaim Chadasha to Eretz Chadasha, a new heaven and a new earth. 
that wild bursting energy of the future. So now, what does it have to do with the 15th of Av? So now we understand the different levels in the full moon. There's the full moon on the 15th of every month, and it's the nature that Hashem created that the moon is, there's the birth of the moon, and then the moon gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, so you have a full moon. It's full for one day or two days, and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's gone completely. No moon. Then you have birth of a new moon, and this happens every month. That's the way God created the world. It's installed, factory installed in nature. You don't have to do anything. If you just sit around all day and eat chocolate, the moon will get bigger and bigger and smaller and smaller. It's not sitting around and waiting for you to, you really can, you know, just check your WhatsApp. Sit a a whole day with your phone and check all the WhatsApp videos about, you know, all these beautiful Divrei Tyra. And the moon is going to get bigger and bigger and smaller and smaller without you. That's installed in the nature of it. That's a hamshacha that comes through Seder Hishtashlis, according to Seder Hishtashlis, within, so, so to speak, nature. The 15th of the month, what is shining? The light. Okay. On the 15th of month, the month, you know what's, what's shining? The light in the lower half of the moon. Again, whether that's physical or spiritual, I don't know. But on the 15th of the month, the we said the, the upper half of the moon shone during the time of the base of English, and it is the energy of the base of English. And there's an open revelation. But the 15th of the month, when the moon looks like the sun, and let's be honest, the 15th of the month... There's a moment when you don't know which one's the moon and which one's the sun. And if somebody's not very experienced in life, you know, God forbid somebody could never see. And suddenly they have a procedure and they can see. And they take the bandages off. And God forbid, right? They take the bandages off and it's the, it's, it's the 15th of the month. And in fact, Tuba of, 15th of us. And it's that moment where they see two luminaries in the sky. They don't know which is, they see the sun and the moon. They don't know which is the sun and which is the moon. They've heard about them. One shines and the other one reflects. The sun shines and the moon reflects. They don't know. There's a moment, maybe it's many moments of the evening, I'm not sure. When you really don't know, if you're not experienced, which one's the sun and which one's the moon. They look equal. What's happening on the 15th of the month is that the light is shining in the, in the lower half of the moon. Because of the specialness of the 15th of the month. The low, the, um, the bottom part of the moon is like the bottom part of the moon at that moment on the 15th looks like the upper half. The lower half of the moon at that moment looks like the upper half of the moon. Which is why in those moments you can't tell if it's the moon or the sun. The bottom half looks, of the moon looks like the upper half of the moon. The fullness of the moon on the 15th of Nisa, or the 15th of Tishrei, which one is Pesach and the other one is Sukkot, 
when people would go up to Yerushalayim to see God and be seen by God. But this 15th of the month and 15th of Tishrei is connected with our Avaida. It's in general Hamshacha from above Hishdalshlu. 15th of the month is an Avaida to do. It's Hamshacha above Hishdalshlu. That's Pesach. There's stuff to do. We worked hard for that, Yandif. Being in slavery for a couple of hundred years. And Sukkot, you know, we work hard. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We work really very hard to earn that 15th of Nisan, 15th of Tishrei. And what we draw down is something above nostalgia. And so the 15th of, of Nisan, Pesach, the 15th of Tishrei, they're yum inside them. They're holidays. And what's a yontif? What's a holiday? A yontif is drawing down light, which is above hishtalshlus. But we are just before, not the 15th of Nisan, not the 15th of Tishrei, the 15th of Av. It's the full moon, like those other full moons. But, but it says there were no Yemen tithing for the Yidden like the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. Doesn't say Pesach. Doesn't say 15th of Tishrei. Nisan doesn't say 15th of Tishrei. It doesn't say there were no Yom Tithen like 15th of Nisan and 15th of Tishrei. No. It says there were no Yom Tithen for the Yidden like the 15th of Av and like Yom Kippur. They're both days of marriage. Yom Kippur is all about an intense marriage with Hashem. One, 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 one. One Kayan Gadol. In the one base of Megish. In the one Kaidish Kedashim. Where one person go, can go in one time a year. And all the Jews are in a oneness, a unity. And the Mizbeach is made out of, is one Amma by one Amma. And there's a oneness, there's a unity. And the Eva time we, we go into a, a oneness with God. A deep intimacy with God. Just us with Him. Is very private, and it creates a very uh, incredibly unified energy, an energy of one. There are moments when, so where's God and where's me? It becomes one, melt into each other. That is Yom Kippur, and of course we're not eating. We're just we're we're not busy sustaining ourselves. We're melting into the unity with God and Yom Kippur. It's an intense marriage. There were no Yemen Titan like the 15th of Av. 15th of Av is all about Shaduchim and intense marriage. That a similar kind of an energy. When we're melting into a unity with God. In a, in a different kind of a way. After a time when he seemed to have just thrown us away, just six days before, the reunion is very intense. And so the fullness of Tshuva'av, of the 15th of Av, which is connected with Tshuva. Maybe God does Tshuva, maybe we do Tshuva. There were reasons why he took away the base of English. And it spurred us on to reconnect with him in a whole other way. 
there's an aliyah, there's an ascent that comes after the descent of Tishabav. It's, what is it? Zeshemer gamchati chelaka tachten levana. The fact is, in these moments, the 15th of Av, the lower half of the moon is shining. Why is the lower half of the moon shining on the 15th of Av? Not just because the light of Ein Saif is shining, it's the light of Ein Saif, and therefore light of Ein Saif will shine everywhere, so it also shines at the bottom. It's not only because of that. That would be good enough. That's a wow, wow, the light of Ein Saif. You're doing shuva. You pull down the light of Ein Saif. It shines everywhere, so it's going to shine at the bottom of the moon too. Yeah, 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 okay, it's not, okay, that's the lesser reason. What's the real reason, the real juicy reason that the lower half of the moon is shining on the 15th above? Because there's an elevation of Malchus in itself. There's an elevation of the kingship of God and leadership in general, and obviously feminine leadership, feminine receptive leadership, feminine sensitive leadership. Feminine leadership that knows how to coach people and move people gently and, and, and sensitively to the next step and the next step. There's an elevation in that. There's an, there's an elevation in the feminine power that is so subtly, it's so subtle and so skillful in its leadership. The Rebbe and the Rebbe Kassana is on the 15th of the month, 14th and 15th. The moon is shining on the 15th of the month and the sun is shining. The sun is the man. The moon is the woman. You would think that the ultimate marriage would be the man is shining and the woman is not. But here we have an example of a marriage in which the sun is shining and the moon is shining. But they're so one with each other that it's one and the same. And the subtle skill with which the moon is shining and illuminating and shining back at the the moon sorry the moon is shining and shining and and taking in the light of the sun it's 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 a most sophisticated unbelievable interaction of feminine masculine energy in which it's not so who's shining you or me but really both shining together and enabling each other and the skill comes from the moon. The skill comes, the skill to activate the masculine shining comes from the feminine energy from the moon. The chiddush of the 15th of us is not the sun, it's the moon. Wow, full moon. It's not like, wow, look at today, full sun. I'm just thinking about the sun. The full moon. The full feminine energy is with which the feminine energy activates the masculine energy so subtly, so gently, so powerfully that there's no competition. It's all, it's all uh, collaboration in a way that each one is able to shine in its full strength but in a collaborative way. That's the Chiddush of the 15th of Av. So the, the upper half of the moon is shining, yeah, and the lower half of the moon is shining too. Why is the lower half of the moon shining? 
because there's an elevation in the mul- in mul- in leadership and malchus in kingship itself. Everything we just said plus plus kingship, malchus, leadership, feminine leadership, etc. Feminine leadership activating masculine re- leadership moves up to the next level. That's what the fifteenth of Av is about. That's what makes the lower half of the moon shine. And as it says in the Mimer, on the 15th of Av, what is shining? Malchus, the Chinus Atik. Malchus, the level of Atik. What is shining in Malchus? Atik is shining in Malchus. So look it up. What is Atik? But it's obvious it's a very high lofty level. Atik, a very deep, secret, intimate, incredible, mystical level, is shining into Malchus. Is shining into leadership. If you had Atik shining into leadership all the time, you'd be an incredible leader. You could accomplish incredible things in the world. What do you think all the shluchim are? You take a few schnooks who just came out of yeshiva. Who are they anyway? How do they shine and illuminate their whole state, their whole country? Atik is shining into Malchus. The Mishaleach is activating them. Atik is shining the level of this deep, mystical, intimate energy holy energy is shining into their leadership qualities and they're able to be leaders and they're just regular people. But it makes regular people into leaders. And that's the revelation of the Mila and the source of Malchus itself. What we're talking about on the 15th of Av is the revelation of the source of Malchus, the source of leadership. So it's a day for leadership. No wonder I got an idea to do a new project. It's a day of leadership. And that's the connection between the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. There were no Yom Kippur for the Jewish people like the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. How were they connected? Because Yom Kippur is also the elevation of, of Malchus into Pneumiazatik. On Yom Kippur, Malchus also gets an elevation into Pneumus Atik. On the 15th of Av, Atik is shining into Malchus. Well, there you go. That's their similarity. And this with the Yom Kippur of the 15th of Av is higher even than Yom Kippur, which that's amazing. Even though Yom Kippur, of course, that's when we do Tshuva. So how could Tshuva Av, Hamisha Av be higher? Because Tyra established it. Tyra established Yom Kippur as a day when you ask for forgiveness every single year. So when you fall into, God forbid, negative stuff, and then you know, okay, Yom Kippur will come and I'll fix it all up. There's, it's written into the system of creation. You know, be careful the whole year, but if you mess up, Yom Kippur will come and you'll fix it all up. It's in the contract of creation. Okay. And what is established in Tyra? But and God establishes in Tyra. It's Alma. He looks into Tyra and he creates the world. So in the contract it says, you know, if you mess up, you'll have Yom Kippur, and he creates the world like that. So he creates from that a day in the year for asking for slicha and kapara on the negative things you did, because there's such an unbelievable energy to to tshuva. The place in that Bali Shuvah stands, that even Gemarim cannot stand. 
So you could say, um, it, it's kind of all written into the contract. I mean, really, the contract was written for and by Sadiqin. But somehow, you know, inside the lines, inside all of this, you realize the Avaita of Chuba is kind of also somehow very subtly, uh, without it being explicitly said, the Avaita of Chuba is kind of also implied in the contract of the creation of the world. So when Tishabov comes, oh boy, that's a big descent. Tishabov is a whole other thing. We messed up, so to speak. Hashem said, you guys in the base of Megas, it's not a mash anymore. You really, it's not going to work. Tishabav was a big descent. Korban based in Middash and Gullus. It started, it's the Korban. It created Gullus and anything, anything painful or negative, including crusades and holocaust and, 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 and pogroms and most horrific, 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 horrific and expulsion and all of this that happened through all of history. It all came from Tishabav. It's such a descent, it doesn't even make room for, you know, an Echa. We say Echa, and kind of like, how could it be? Echa, Echa, how, how could it be? Like, what? It's like, it's beyond understanding Gullah. Even if it, it brings to Shuba, like, there is no way. Echa is, that, is, is kind of a question. Hashem, come on. This one's inexplicable. Gullus, this one's too, no. You thought that went up? Impossible. Impossible. You thought up Tishabov? No. And the fact that there was a tremendous descent, of course, was for the purpose of an unbelievable ascent after that. Allah Aryeh, Amanasha Yava Aryeh. That comes from the true purpose of creation that is an Atmos. That through us doing our Avaita, there will be a Chiddush, a novelty in the creation, which will create a new heaven and a new earth. That's what we're looking towards now. 2020, entering a new world. Tavshin Pei. So the Yantif of the 15th of Av is even higher than Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is written into the contract of creation of the world. The 15th of us is not really written into the contract. That's a high energy. You know, you could say, you know, we do what we get paid for. It's in the contract. We do what it's not. We don't do any extras. The 15th of us is from beyond even the contract. The kind of connection that we create. And of course, we have to remember that at the moment of Tishabah, when the Gentiles entered the base of Megash, seeing what was seen in the streets of Yerushalayim, the destruction, how much it looked like Hashem had really just abandoned us, God forbid, in the most horrific way. Of course they thought, if they knew about the Kruvim in the base of Megash, that when, and everybody knows that when the Kruvim were facing towards each other, it means that Hashem is happy with us. When they're facing away from each other, it means that Hashem is unhappy with us, and of course, we know that the Gentiles went into the Kaidish Kedashim, unfortunately, and they saw the Kruvim in a deep and intimate embrace. This, so to speak, as they say in the vernacular, blew their mind. 
What do you mean? Hashem is deeply in love with his people while he's destroying their base and Wow. Well, that's really strange. That's the way it was. At the moment of the deepest anger, it was also the moment of the deepest love. It took it t- takes six days from from Tishabah to see the hidden, incredibly deep love that's in Tishabah. Tishabah, it's there, but nobody knows about it. Hashem is deeply in love with us. He seems very angry at us on Tishabah, but at the same time, he's deeply in love with us. And he's pleased to punch with us. At the same time that he's furious at us. Okay. You know, he's to his own. But on Tishabah, you know, we read about it, but we don't see it. They saw it, but you're not allowed in the Kaidish tradition to see it. But this deep, intense love actually is revealed to us on the 15th of Av. It's a day of love, Shaduchin, marriage, Geula, the embrace that was visible, that was invisible to us on Tishabas, actually becomes the, that, that, take that picture of the Kruvin embracing, that is the staff, that's the visual of the 15th of Av. And that embrace creates a new heaven and a new earth. So that's even higher than Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, it's written into the contract, you'll mess up. You'll ask for forgiveness. It'll be, it's, it's, yeah, it's part of the contract. This one's way beyond the contract. This intense, incredible love. And this, and this is the end of the Mimer. And the end of Masechus Tainus, it says, there were no Yom and Titan for the, for the Jewish people like the 15th of Av. That is explaining the whole idea of Tainus, of fasting and fast days and punishment. Because there are negative things that we have to fast for. And there are things that happen on the 17th of Tammuz and things that happen, you know, what happened on the 17th of Tammuz and what happened on Tisha B'Av. And it's all a descent for the purpose. It's all the ascent that comes after the descent. But the, the yantif of the 15th of Av. Yom Simchas Libay, the Kaddish Baruch It's the day of the joy of God's heart. He's in tremendous joy on the 15th of Av. He doesn't have to hide. You know, on Tisha B'av, he's like, I'm crazy about you guys. I love you guys. But I have to show a mean face. Very mean. But very awful. But on Tuba Av, on Tisha I don't have to show a mean face anymore. I just love you. And I can show you on the 15th of Av. How do I show you? It's a day of Binyan Beis Amigdash Bimher of Yemen. He rotten. That through everything we do, that we're not affected by all of the tests and all of the stuff that we went through, including all of these nisyanis that, according to all the cheshbainis and all the avayt of nisyanis, there's no explanation for why Hashem sent us that stuff. There's no explanation, says the Rebbe. He rotten that will hasten, hasten, it'll hasten even more the gulasida through Mashiach Sikhanis, that he'll fight the wars of God and he will win. Most of the, these wars um, don't even make sense. And they don't even make sense of, for those who are fighting them. And therefore, the wars are very strong. But he will win. He's going to win the battle. What's happening in America today? 
with the whole medical system. You know, one doctor said, had an interview, said, God forbid a second wave of this virus comes. It's predicted that 75,000 to 100,000 people could be lost, God forbid, and they can be saved if they're just allowed to take hydroxychloroquine, whatever it's called. If only the corrupt system would allow it to be sold and prescribed. Can you imagine? He said, he said I estimate the 75,000 to 100,000 people people's lives can be saved because they can just take this very simple medicine over the counter. And it's only the world of lies that has locked it and not allowed that has no no concern for human life. I'm more concerned for politics and insanity. But this is all just a representative of the world of lies. And here we have the assurance from the 15th of Av. Mashiach will fight the wars of God. This is the war of God. Life and truth. And such a holy doctor has to be fighting, fighting with his own life to just, who was zaycha to find this medicine, create this combination. Such an intense battle of truth to break through the world of lies. But Mashiach fights the, the fight of God. The wars make no sense, the Mimer says. They make no sense. And they're so strong. Because they make no sense, it's insanity. It's a, it's a political climate in America that's insane. They make no sense. The Mulchama saying the type of Gadol. Because these wars make no sense, they're very powerful, they're very strong. And yet he wins. Mashiach wins. He builds the base of in his, in his place. And he gathers the ingatherings of the Yidden, Teret Yisrael. And he gathers all the Nitzitzos of Kedusha, the sparks of Kedusha. And, all, and he gathers all the lost, the ones who are lost. Kibbutzgal is the Karav Mamash, Begula Mitzvah Shlema, the Mashiach Zikainu. Should be immediately now.